Welcome back to our final edition of the Three Crosses Special Edition podcast. We are interrupting our normal podcast feed for the last time to continue a conversation that Pastor Larry and I have been having about this transition. Today on our podcast, we talk through Larry's final charge to the church that he gave on that January 30th weekend and end up talking about the Bible's role in his ministry and the highs and lows of his pulpit ministry over the last 23 years. This is a great conversation that you have in store for you. So keep listening and enjoy. Larry, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be back. I have to admit, I feel much more comfortable in this interviewer seat than that interviewee seat you had me in last time. I kind of like the seat I was in last time. That was fun. (laughs) Well, the reason that we're sitting with you today and letting uh, you answer the questions is because December 30th weekend is your final charge to the church. And I wanted to kind of hear some insight into kind of how you're feeling about all this. Yeah. Wow. You know, I thought about it a lot. This will be my last sermon as a senior pastor. Not the last sermon, hopefully, but the last sermon as a senior pastor. And you know, there's some weight to that in me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been doing a lot of soul searching and those of you that have been listening in the last uh, several special podcasts, we talked about how leading into this whole transition, God had given me the passage of Philippians 1, uh, verses 3 uh, through through verse 11, where first Paul starts off being so thankful for the church at Philippi and why he was thankful for them. And then uh, he transitions and kind of pivots and and then, and this I pray for you. So it's sort of like a, this is what he's hoping for them. And it just kind of hit me that this is what I wanted to tell our congregation. I wanted to say what I was thankful to them, thankful to God for them about. And we did that just a few weeks ago on the Thanksgiving weekend. And now I want to turn the tables a little bit and I want to give them kind of a charge. I want to challenge them with some things. Mm -hmm. And uh, this passage was just so rich to me. It felt like it sort of encompassed what I would want to say to a congregation that I love so much, just the way Paul felt about Philippi, who have helped me, my family, who have been so faithful to the Lord and so giving and all of those things. And I just felt like, you know, I mean, it's not like now I want to kind of blast everybody with, you know, <laughs> like all the hard stuff, but it's like, I want to just commend everybody with what I think God would have them to be as a church. And hopefully sort of, you know, set the stage for just a great start for you and what's going to happen in the weeks that follow. I love how you, you were able to say my last sermon as the senior pastor, because I know that doesn't just mean that you're going to go, you know, keep preaching somewhere, but that means that you're going to still be here and still preaching in our church in the year and years to come. Um, Thank you. How does that reality kind of temper this experience for you, knowing that this is not your last time to even talk to our congregation? Yeah. Well, it, you know, we love preaching. We love, uh, when I say we love preaching, it's, we, we see it as an honor and, and I know you feel the same way about it. It's not like any of us are hankering to get up there and like, wow, I've got some great things to say, but I always go back to like Amos three, where it says, you know, the lion has roared, who can but prophesy? You know, it's like, we have this burning in our chest to kind of bring the, the word of God to people. And, you know, we try to do it the best we know how to do it. But, uh, we, at the end of the day, we're always stepping back and realizing how how uh, humbling it is to actually represent, you know, God's voice to the people in in preaching. To me, it's like, when I stop to think about it, sometimes I just think, Lord, you know, um, this just shouldn't be, you know, because I know my own heart and I know God knows my heart in terms of the stuff that I fail in and, and just the fact that I'm a sinner like everybody else. But, um, it, you know, it, sort of the gravity of all that makes preaching a beautiful um 
powerful and um, steward stewarding kind of role. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure if I'm even answering the question, but I guess as I think about my last sermon as a senior pastor, the weight of that is like, wow, I will not have the voice of the one like you've talked about in a previous podcast about like, you're the guy that goes and gets the vision from God and then stands before the people and shares the vision. And you're doing it in the context of scripture and exhortation. And you're kind of seeing all the, the strata of the ministry. And I won't be doing that anymore that way, which is there's weight on that for me because I, one of the questions I ask myself is, did I do it well enough? You know, like, have I left this position with enough substance for people to really carry on? And of course, you know, again, I'm toggling back and forth here, but the work of the spirit of God takes the, you know, the feebleness of our attempts and he does great work. So preaching is a beautiful privilege. I love doing it. I'll love doing it whenever I can be of help to you and it works, you know, out to do it that way. I'd I'd be honored and privileged to do it. But it's also a burden. You know, it's like every week you're preparing for a message, you know, the the pregnancy analogy, which you said in your other uh, podcast is, you know, we're we're getting ready to give birth to something that God has, um, you know, conceived in our hearts. And it's a lot of work and it's, you know, if you do it right, which I know you do, Danny, it's a lot of preparation and thought. And then of course your own life and is there integrity with what I'm saying? Has I, have I preached this message first to me? And so there's a, you know, all of that in that going away, um, you know, that's okay for me because I mean, in a way it's a burden that's being released, you know, but, um, I know the fire will still burn in my heart. So when it comes, you know, Maybe the sermons will be more fiery. Oh, I don't man, know. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed these. You know, this whole this whole season for you has really been wrapped around Philippians one, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah. kind of behind that, you know, I noticed that you, you know you have an opportunity to get in front of our church and talk about your personal thankfulness, and you're doing that out of a text of scripture, and mm-hmm. then you're talking about your personal charge to the church. You're doing that out yeah. of a text of scripture. Why why do you choose to to get these texts out of the scriptures and not just you know, kind of just rack your brain and think through what you're thankful for and rack yeah. your brain. and like, what's your charge? You know, this is right. your opportunity to give your last charge. Right. Um, why are you using somebody else's words? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I would choose the eternal word of God. <laughs> that was, I don't know if that best. was the softball <laughs> question for you, but yeah. I think what I really ask you too is, can you give us a glimpse into that? Like, why yeah. is that so important to you? And yeah. you know, my follow-up question is going to be around, you know, what's left on the cutting room floor? Like what, what might you talk about if if you were just kind of sharing your own thing from the heart? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So what? Why? Why do you choose to do that? Yeah, the grass the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Isaiah forty verse eight, and it's like I always think about like guys that stand up and preach to a congregation or to a group of people and never share a verse of scripture and don't let the word of God be sort of the anchoring point. So I'm always kind of like if I don't have the word of God to speak from like, I've got nothing to say. And frankly, if I did have something to say, how much weight does it really have, you know? And so, and I, you know, I'm not trying to be false humble because there's, there's human wisdom. There's things that we can say that would certainly apply and have encouragement for people. But if you can harness it in the word of God, actual, you know, tethering it to a scripture, I think that's always the best. And so as I read that passage, in fact, I just want to read that of where we're going to go on that Sunday. Paul says, he says, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the full, excuse me, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. 
And I thought, wow, that just totally harnesses really the main things that I want to talk about. Because there are things that, you know, as I mentioned, sort of the big broad brushstrokes of this passage that I'll share, you know, some personal anecdotes and things that I see in ministry. They're not necessarily chapter and verse, um, but they're going to emerge out of those themes. And the themes I see there, there's something about love, <clears throat> which is just so incredible, and love abounding. There's something about discernment, having a thoughtfulness about the way we do things. Uh, there's something about fruit and what is fruit, the fruit of righteousness. And then there's something about the glory of God. And all four of those things just seem to kind of like blast out to me about what a church should be sort of focused on. In fact, I think it's, really a great start of the year message or end of the year message. Um, I'm hoping that people will be just not only encouraged in terms of the context of our transition, but just the context of what our lives should be about. Mm -hmm. I I think what I I love about your perspective in the scriptures is it, it demonstrates at the same time, not just your view of the scriptures and your view of preaching, but also your view of what it means to be the senior pastor of the church, which is at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what Larry or Danny yeah. think about anything. We'll be forgotten quickly. You know, in the sense, like if people are thinking, hey, this is Larry's final time to say what he thinks of the church. It's never been your job to say what you think about anything to right. the church. And right. you've always believed that. Um, and I feel like just the way that you've done this has been a reminder to all of us that you know, the role of the pastor in the church is not to get up and share his opinion about anything. Hmm. The role of the pastor of the church is to minister to the people with the word of God and bring the gospel um, into the hearing mm-hmm. of the people. And... And so by doing that, it's really, you know, we might say, hey, this is Larry's final charge, but really it's it's you doing what you've been doing for 23 years. This is Larry's last opportunity to discern what God might be wanting to say to this congregation through the Holy Scriptures. And so I think it's on one hand, of course, like you've said, your own personality comes through that, just like the authors of Scripture had their own personality. Sure. But uh, your role hmm. is continuing to the end, which is really... You know, it's not about Larry, and I think that's Amen. for me going in. Like, let's all remember, it's not about Danny either. Amen. It's, um, and I think too, we've got the this transition is really not even a transition because yeah. the same word is being preached, the same God is being worshipped, and yes. the same Spirit is controlling each of us. Um, and so it's just it's just fun to re- be reminded of that as we sit and listen to what we feel like is your chance to tell us what you think for the last time. Um, Really, as the senior pastor. As the senior pastor. <laughs> as the senior pastor. It's really your chance to share the word of God as the senior pastor yeah. for the last time. Amen. What do you, you know, not to be the devil's advocate, because that's a really scary term, uh, <laughs> but if you were just going to get up and kind of do that thing that we don't do and say, hey, listen, this is this is my perspective. This mm. is what I would tell you. Mm. Um, what are some things that, that you'd want to encourage the church with that, I don't mean in a, a sinful way, but in a good way, as a good hmm. um, shepherd of God's people, maybe that yeah. didn't end up in the sermon because they weren't yeah. in the text because you're exegeting the text. Yeah, um, exactly. what, are, what are some other things that you feel like your burden is for these people as you're thinking about stepping out of that role? Oh, that's great. I appreciate that. And some of this has come out in our previous podcast, but you know, one thing is, you know, uh, is just to really keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, I think, and that's scriptural, you know, fixing our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12, two. Um, we, we tend to forget sometimes in transitions or past, uh, or church things that are, um, you know, that, that we're sort of at the center and that everything should revolve around us. And I just think, you know, I would want, and I want to tell the congregation and it's not necessarily tethered in this text, but just, you know, we are focused on Jesus. This is his church. It's his place. And, and we want to just honor him and glorify him. So, um, 
I would say that. I would say also flexibility is really important. You know, it's important that we not um, look too closely at certain methods. It's, you know, we're, we all tend to not like change, including myself. You know, we're all sort of like, we all sit in the same places. People that are listening right now, you're probably listening to this podcast in the same place you listened to the last <laughs> one. You know, we are creatures of habit and we don't really like change. And so I think we always have to be reminded that change is, is the only thing that stays the same. That's a cliche. A lot of people use it, but um, that's what we really have to do uh, to make things work in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen a lot of churches that just, you know, failed to see that principle and they just suffer great ways because in great ways, because um, you can't stay the same and be really what God wants you to be. You can't do that in your own personal life. You know, we can't mm-hmm. just stay the same. God's wanting to change and bring new things. Behold, I'm doing something new. You know, I love that passage um, in Isaiah two, where he says, you know, I'm a, I, I'm, will you not perceive it? You know, it's going to spring up. Will you, will you not see it? So we, we've got to be committed to change. Um, I think gentle submission is really a great thing for all of our people. Uh, he, Ephesians 5 says, submit one to another um, in reverence for Christ. And I think we, we should really learn that principle. And I think that's a great, you know, I would tell anyone in our church, the greatest thing we can do is model a mutuality to each other, you know, that we are servants of and to each other. Um, those things are great. Uh, what else? I, you know, I, um, be ready for new ideas too. Like, and we talked about that in the context of change, but I think, you know, you are going to have some great things that we've not done before, or you're going to nuance some ways of doing ministry that we've not done before. And I, um, and there's going to be generational things there too, things that your generation and even younger will appeal, be a, a, a appeal to that older generations like myself and even those older than me, um, or maybe even a bit younger than me might, you know, not see quite the same way. And so I'd, I would just tell our congregation, it's like, Hey, you know, change is good. Flexibility is good. Uh, keep our eyes on Jesus and, and kind of have fun with, you know, the fact that we are an intergenerational church. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we should just love the fact that some things appeal to young kids that don't appeal to us. Praise God, you know, and, and also the other, you know, it's a flip side of that, but I think mature people ought to be able to step up and be a little bit more resilient. You know, we sometimes expect younger kids to kind of go with what has always been, but we just lose them, you know? So I, I I love the fact that we've got a younger generation pastor um, and you're not super young, but you're, you know, you're a lot younger than me. I'm uh, way older than Earl Sexauer was when he started. (laughs) Is that right? I think he was 23. 23. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. 23 to 40, 17 years. Wow. So he really, yeah, I did, I did not realize he passed away so young. Yeah. Wow. They said that he died in the pulpit. We don't know if that meant literally in the pulpit or yeah. if that's a figure of speech. I think I've died several times in the pulpit, <laughs> personally. <laughs> <laughs> this sermon is not working. <laughs> if we had a little bit longer on the podcast, we could talk about your biggest train wrecks in the pulpit. Oh, uh, but man. we're out of time for that we aspect. We could come back to our yeah. bloopers. I did yeah. want to ask you, in terms of the pulpit, yeah. do you do you remember Jake's last message to the church, by chance? I know it was 23 years ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't have in my mind his actual last message. I remember the Sunday, um, that the turnover happened, um, that, and I'm trying to think what the text was, but it may have been Hebrews 12. Um, he talked about just keeping our eyes on Jesus and that Jesus was the head of the church. Yeah. Do you remember your first sermon? Yes. It was uh second Timothy. Was it second Timothy? Let me, let me look here. I always get these texts confused. 
Have you gotten bored preaching out of the same book for 23 years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was First uh, Timothy chapter one, verses twelve through twenty. What uh, what's the gist of that passage? <clears throat> um, it's amazing that God put me into service, knowing who I am, uh, and that's what Paul was saying to his young apprentice Timothy, and just talked you know some beautiful core things in that passage about the grace of the Lord, um, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst, and I just talked about the fact that I couldn't believe that God had been so gracious to me, allow me as a as the sinner I was to have such a beautiful opportunity to serve him. Yeah. As you look back at 23 years of pulpit ministry as a senior pastor, what are some of the highlights that stand out to you? Hmm. Wow. Well, highlights in preaching, you yeah. mean? Well, I think, um, you know, just seeing response, you know, and again, that's a little, got to be careful with that too, because the flip side of that is sometimes I've had people tell me, when later on a, about a sermon that I thought really tanked, you know, like I just wasn't there. I felt like people weren't listening or connecting with it. And, you know, down the road, someone says, you remember when you preached on whatever, uh, that was the day my life turned around. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh wow. You know? So I think just seeing response when people would come to Christ, you know, there'd be occasions where we would call people and I can just remember times where someone would come down with tears in their eyes and they would, take a little packet or they would just take my hand and, and just say, I need Jesus with their little quivering lip or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, um, just to see the work of God. You know. What about in terms of, uh, texts or series themselves? Like you look mm. back, what are some of the kind of highlights of series oh. that you did or experiences? Awesome. You know, one of my favorite series was, uh, doing the exposition of Leviticus. Um, you know, someone had teased me about, you know, like every time they went through the Bible reading in a year, they got stuck in Leviticus and they could never get through it. And I kind of thought to myself, and I I wasn't the first time I'd read some articles about people saying, look, if you really want to challenge your congregation, that the word of God, all of the word of God is, is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, righteousness. Um, like, like Paul told Timothy, then you should preach out of, or be willing to preach out of any text. And so I think in that article I was reading that the suggestion was, you know, why not preach through the book of Leviticus? And so I thought, yeah, why not? So, you know, I took that on and, and other people have taken that on, of course. Uh, and we did it in very, you know, kind of a high level view. I think we did the whole book in about 15 weeks or something or 18 weeks. Um, but to me, that was a beautiful series because it really taught our people the preciousness of, uh, the sacrificial system, which was all pointing toward Jesus. We just, I think by the end of the series, um, and I have a little card still in my office from a, of a gal named Rebecca Poon, who, who said that was a series that turned her life around. And it just, I thought, wow, you know, like that was powerful to see. And then other people too, that was before the days of like podcasting and stuff. We could have done a lot of really fun things with a series like that, but you know how all of scripture points to Jesus and, um, and that it's profitable for teaching for proof, correction, training, righteousness. And there's just some beautiful metaphors in that book that I saw. I saw where, um, you know, one of the commands given to uh, the priests was that they were to keep the fire burning on the altar. And I thought, wow, what a tremendous reminder that, you know, are we keeping our fire burning, you know, for Christ? It should be always burning, never out. You know, I thought, so great little things like that. So that was a great series, fun series, I thought. It was informational and kind of caught people by surprise. Um, you know, later on and just not too long ago, we went through the whole book of Matthew and that was a treasure to me to just actually do an exposition through a book like Matthew with, you know, 28 chapters. And I thought, 
can we really do this? And we did. It took us what? Two was and a half years. Two and a half years, mm-hmm. you know? And we, we stepped out of it a couple of weeks here and there for some special things. But that was a great experience to just stay in the text and let this text just constantly for two and a half years just sort of, you know, chart the course for our church. And it was so beautiful to see how every part, whether we were in parables or in some of the, you know, discourses of Jesus, how it just, you know, transformed people's lives. So that was fun. Um, doing some of the, the letters of Paul were great. The book of Hebrews was a really good one for me too, to just see the sacrificial system in the New Testament, the new covenant concept. That was a, a great one. Um, you know, I never preached the book of Revelation in the pulpit, but I did preach it in a in a class we had here years ago. And that was really a great series that I enjoyed. And I always wanted to bring it in and never did. So I've got a few places where I wish I could have spent more time in doing things. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Do you have any uh, like series that are like still on the shelf? You're like, oh, I almost got to that one, and then I ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, the Revelation one I'd like to do at some point um, in some context, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, what else? Uh, some of the major prophets, you know, I'd love to go through like a whole book of Isaiah and just hit, hit the big themes and look at that. Or Jeremiah, one of those. Um, I love the wisdom series that we did, you know, the wisdom literature um, doing like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Did that as an exposition at some point. I don't remember if it was in our church or in my, in our family's ministry, but you know, a true exposition there and other places too. Sermon on the Mount, most, one of the most life-changing ones for me, just the heart of the matter is always the matter. You know, it's always the heart. So yeah, I mean, the word of God is so rich. Psalms, we did the story, story of my life, you know, a series on just the characters of the Old Testament. Um, uh, yeah, this, oh man, there's so many. What do you, uh, you're about to step into a, a role for this first season where you don't have a weekly, uh, opportunity to teach the Bible. How long do you think you're going to last before, uh, <laughs> we have the conversation of like, we need to get you into a weekly, uh, <laughs> preaching rhythm. Yeah. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see kind of what that will be for me. Because like I said, it is sort of like a fire in your belly, but I think it's also, for uh, maybe a senior pastor, and I don't know how this is gonna work because I've never been in this position before where I don't have a weekly teaching. Really, all my life in ministry, I've had a weekly teaching responsibility. And I hear someone that's listening right now is saying, well, good, you should have one now. And actually, I'm kind of looking forward to not having that now for a while and just seeing what God is gonna do in that because my love for shepherding and just kind of working with people with the word of God individually is really high and taking maybe small groups along the way um, and just letting scripture just, you know, be sort of the, the template for what we're talking about and not necessarily preaching, which is a whole different element, as you know. So um, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to be okay. Uh, but if I'm not, I'm sure I'll find a venue. I've had a few churches already reach out to me saying, um, you know, we hear you're transitioning to a different <laughs> position. We'd love to have you do some pulpit fill and that kind of thing. So I'll do that occasionally. I'm not going to do it a lot because I love it here. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in the congregation listening to your great sermons and then hanging out with people and challenging them during the week. But occasionally I'll probably get out. And, you know, that's the other thing. The reason why I felt like I was had some effectiveness in preaching was not because I was a great preacher, but because I loved the people I was preaching to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes when I guest speak, I wonder, and I, I love those people too. I'm going to pray that God will prepare my heart for them. But to be honest, you know, I probably preach better to the people that know me and know that I love them, you know? So, so yeah, so I'll do a little bit, but I'll love doing it here more when it works out. And what, what do you say to the folks in our congregation who are grieving in this transition because they're thinking, I, I love listening to Pastor Larry preach every week. 
and now I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, they can do it actually every day. (laughs) (laughs) They can just go in our archives. (laughs) (laughs) And really, I mean, there is so many messages in the background and I'm not suggesting that because, you know, one can only take, I, you know, some, some of us listen to like messages dozens of times during the week and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I am of the persuasion that it's probably better to listen to something that you can apply and work on that for a week mm-hmm. or a few days or whatever, and not just binge on, you know, mm-hmm. on, on preaching. But I, and, and don't t- take that wrong. Preaching is awesome. And I listen to a couple of different preachers, you know, on a fairly regular basis, you know, um, but, but you can, you can listen to archives. We got them for a lot of years. I mean, I don't think we've got 23 years in our archives, but we've got a lot of those years and, and I don't know what we've even got posted, but I'm sure we could find the stuff. So and we can go pull out the tapes from upstairs. Oh, tapes, tapes and CDs. We should go up and just see what's up there. I saw there's some Jake tapes up there. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe you can we pull it a, all out. a digitizer in part of your, uh, <laughs> your role. Well, the thing is, when I listen to my own sermons, I go, oh man, this is terrible. <laughs> I want them to all be burned and thrown away. Maybe you know? that's so. how you've stayed so humble all these years. <laughs> well, you gave us your final charge from the pulpit. What, what's your final charge from the podcast? Mm, this wow. is your last podcast as the senior pastor. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, as far as a charge, I would say, you know, my greatest joy as a pastor, as a former senior pastor, will be seeing people that I pastored as a senior pastor growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and being faithful to the calling that God has given to them in their lives and bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. And if that happens, that's where my heart will be happy. You know, uh, I think John says, I find no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. Uh, second John six, I think. Um, and I just, that's my heart. You know, Jesus said, um, if you abide in me and I, in you, then, um, you can do anything you, uh, that I, anything you ask, I will do for you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And, you know, he talks about how he, he calls us to a bear fruit that will last. And, um, you know, I, one of the litmus tests of really the effectiveness of my ministry will be in the lasting fruit in people's lives. And so that's a, you know, it's a little nerve wracking actually. <laughs> so it's like, that's the, you know, that's the one curse of sticking around is you get yeah, to see what fruit I get to see. Like, <laughs> is there any fruit here? And honestly, you know, and I don't mean, I don't want to sound false humble on it, but I just, honestly, I, I sometimes worry. I go, have I done anything really? I mean, have I, um, I, I've wanted to be faithful, but I know myself and I know, and I just, I'm hoping that there will be fruit that will last. So if you're listening today, just pray and ask God to give you the grace to let fruit be seen in your life. You know, I was going to make fun of you when you started to give that final charge because it wasn't grounded in scripture. And then you brought like six verses to like back up that final charge. But uh, but I feel like even in that, you know, I I don't think there's a need for a lament of the potential Mm. of no fruit just Mm. because the fact that your ministry and specifically your pulpit ministry has been hmm. rooted in the word of God for 23 years. Amen. I mean, that's what the word tells us is that it does not return void. Amen. And every time Amen. you open your mouth to preach the words Amen. and declare the word of God, uh, there is fruit Amen. and there is everlasting fruit. So Amen. You, can, you can rest on that. Maybe, maybe you and I aren't good, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there are times, Danny, seriously, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because there are times where I'd say, Lord, I just, I don't feel like, you know, like I've got the right or necessarily the right package of this sermon, you know, for people. And so I'm lamenting over that as I'm preparing my day, you know, to come up and preach. And the Lord just continually reminds me, he says, hey, dummy, you know, it's my word. 
So if all you do is bring my word to my people, that'll be enough. So I've oftentimes just said, thank you, Lord, that's all I needed right now. And then I'll go out and just give it everything I've got and the power of the Spirit of God, uh, but knowing that it's his word. And I hope and pray that that's will, that will be your your heart too, it always. And if, and if I die in the pulpit, then you could look at my dead body and say, Danny lasted to the end. There's proof of my everlasting fruit. There it is. <laughs> Danny, I you think are that's the best way to end our last podcast right there. I love over you, my dead body. So uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, being with us. My honor and f- privilege. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing conversations with you in whatever roles you uh, end up in in the next one, two, five, ten, twenty-five years. Amen. Me too. Thanks so much for listening to our final installment of the Three Crosses Special Edition podcast, where Pastor Larry and I talked through this transition. And I loved hearing just the the heart and soul behind his desire to bring these scriptures out in the pulpit and everywhere. As we were talking today, it reminded me of that quote from Charles Spurgeon about John Bunyan, where he says, This man is a living Bible. Prick him anywhere. His blood is bibline. The very essence of the Bible flows from him. He cannot speak without quoting a text for his very soul is full of the word of God. I just love us catching a glimpse of Larry's biblically filled soul as he closes out this podcast. And so I hope you were encouraged by these words today. Keep in touch. We have a podcast every week and you're going to be encouraged by the things that are coming um, down the pipe in the weeks to come. (music) 